welcome to another episode of Josie's Desk. Welcome back. This is our official first filmed podcast. Woo-hoo. Woo! <laughs> we have, um, actually, we have two sort of in the archives from our Zoom days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the podcast about me, about us, for me, basically. <laughs> and um, we are no longer live from my childhood bedroom. Yes. We, bedroom. we are no longer living in Massachusetts. We are no longer um, distanced from one another. Mm -hmm. We have moved from here to... No, we moved from Massachusetts to Rhode Island. And we now live in Rhode Island. And um, we have officially decided to move the podcast once. uh, For one, we've officially decided to move the podcast um, to both film and... Um, are his film correct? Digital recording. It's recorded. I, I don't know. There's a visual component now. <laughs> um, and we are officially um, still on our Anchor app, and we're also on Spotify, and we're also on Google Podcasts, which is mm-hmm. where you can find us. Um, so, yeah, we've been on hiatus for about two months. Yeah. My last post, um, we've been back on Instagram for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we I sort of kicked it back up with an announcement video that we were coming back, and um, we are we are also operating a, or at least I'm operating, a um, link tree with a bunch of really, really valuable uh, resources for anti-racism, resources for donations and education. Um, so if you have not checked that out, head over to our Instagram, and it will also be in the link in the description below. <laughs> I have always... Wanted to say that. <laughs> it will be in the description below. Um, so that's where you can find us. Um, yeah, so we're just going to kind of talk about what life has been like for the past couple of months, what we've been up to. Zach, what have you been up to? Nothing. Uh, no. um, <laughs> so obviously we have an apartment that we're yeah. renting now. How did we get the apartment? Nathan. Right, so yeah, <laughs> Nathan. So we, um, I guess we'll start chronologically from uh, when we last did a podcast. Um, so I got a job, which is fun. Uh, did you have the job when we last podcasted? I don't recorded whatever the word. I is. think I. <laughs> no, I think I was. I think it might have been anything for like a week or so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I got a job doing uh, phone support and other support engineering tasks for a company. Um, we've been working from home since I've been working there theoretically working from home for the next rest of the year slash probably next year for a bit um, but that's been fun mm-hmm. got myself a full salary and all that um, hell yeah and then uh, my brother he bought a house which is cool so after he bought his house I subletted this apartment for him from him for like a month are we still subletting or is it now no, ours no now it's it is officially our ours yeah, now it's officially <laughs> under our name yeah. um for the next year I'm just writing checks to somebody <laughs> yeah right but yeah no it's been good um yeah yeah so that's kind of what that's where we are in terms of like location which is huge um we had a ton of friends like move in the midst yeah. of the pandemic um we at least are very much in the middle of the pandemic um other parts of the world are not and if you live in the United States, you are also still in a <laughs> pandemic, and you best fucking act like it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all, all Rhode Island, like, news and media has been like, let's stay reopen. It's like, how we don't? Especially because Rhode safe. Island just got blacklisted again. Yeah. We technically um, can't travel uh, to Connecticut or Massachusetts. Right, without negative tests. Yeah we're, yeah, we're not even supposed to be. We crossed... I don't think it was official yet, but we did cross the line this past weekend to visit my parents mm-hmm. um, real quick. But it's always... My, my family's a little bit more lax than, like, we are. I would say Zach and I are definitely um, still... I don't know if it's our friends, like, keeping us encouraged to do it because my friends have always taken it so seriously. Um, but we've just been really, really locked down. Yeah. Um, we still, like, get Instacart. We still, so, like, full social distance. Um 
we still bathe in hand sanitizer <laughs> and wear masks everywhere. Wear your freaking masks. It's. I think part of it too is just like because a lot of my family that I've seen recently all is like still has to go to work in person, and so yeah. like like when my other uh, my other brother is is still doing public transportation to get to, to and from work. So like that sucks, but he has to work. He has to get money. So like. So, like, that's been more, like, just been, like, uh, I have to be safe to be able to see them if I want to. Yeah. Um, Especially, like, if grandparents need help or anything. Like, your grandparents, like, you just had yeah. to go there recently, and they're, like, in their 80s, so they, you need to, right. like, I, be clean. I need, we need to go yeah. and help them and be there for them, so to do that, I have to be in a bubble, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mind. I don't know if you and I just have, like, we are generally introverted people, I don't realize that I'm introverted until I look at my other friends <laughs> who aren't introverted, and I'm like, holy shit. I mean, it's yeah. not in order to just, like, stay home all week and not worry about it. No like, yeah, we, um, it's, it's lonely. Like, it's weird. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's part of it that's almost helpful, but also, like, a little bit worse is, like, we, where we live, it's, like, a pain in the butt to yeah. get anywhere. It's, like, a tw- at least to a grocery store. I've never lived more than 15 minutes away from a grocery store. Right. We lit so the place, the place, the main places that we'd like to go. Like if I wanted to go to like Lowe's and like walk around right. and like look at the plant section, that's like a 35 minute drive mm-hmm. just to go look at plants. <laughs> um, yeah. It's almost like, I don't know how many people know Rhode Island, but like we're on, we're sort, sort of towards the South side of Rhode Island. So like we're kind of almost on an Island. So like yeah. anywhere it's like we either take a bridge on the South side or bridge on the North side. Yeah. Um, we have to go like 15 minutes North or 15 minutes South. And then and then you can drive. <laughs> then you get a highway. To where we're going, and yeah. Go somewhere. Um, and we've also had a bunch of random car problems too, and that's been a pain in the butt. Well, uh, my, car, my car doesn't have problems now. It's just that it, it's completely dead, so there's no problems. <laughs> it's just dead. <laughs> it just doesn't just work. Dead. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I always joke that Zach and I could put a car together between the two of ours because maybe yeah. I don't have AC and I keep getting random lights, but your car just straight up. <laughs> shuts the fuck off. Yeah. It's like, it'll run. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll run eventually. But, um, yeah. So as for me, um, I think I announced this the day that, uh, cause last time we talked, we were gearing up for me to go to grad school mm-hmm. and we were all excited about me going to grad school. And then about three, four weeks ago, I quit grad school or uh, rescinded my acceptance. Yeah, you didn't quit. I quit. I like you to say that. I quit grad school. <laughs> Ask me anything. I think I said that on the sto- on my stories yeah. on Instagram. Um, yeah, I made sort of an executive decision. Executive as it's, I am the CEO yeah, of the company. Of the company. Uh, I am the CEO of the company. Um, but I, um, I defended my thesis mm-hmm. um, that we did, that we've been talking about for the past four freaking year um yeah. i start literally started working on it th- around this time last year mm-hmm. um because i needed to have some paperwork in ready for us to start in the fall semester so i was gearing up for the fall semester of my thesis and um i defended it it was awesome i want to do a whole podcast on my thesis i love it mm-hmm. um it yeah. came out beautifully i'm so excited um do, do another main defense hell yeah <laughs> i mean my first about defa- I'll talk about, I'll probably talk about this another time, but my first defense, my real defense was so, like, lackluster. Right. I barely got any, like, good questions. Right. Um, It was really, really crappy. But, um, and then four days later, I sent in my rescinding my acceptance, and um, I cried a bunch. It was one (laughs) of the most stressful. um, I just felt, because there was so much, like, personal feelings wrapped up in it, because I... The people who helped me get into grad school, the people who are on the committee for the grad school that I was going to, are my advisor for my thesis. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, another professor who was the one who like got me to apply and wrote one of my recommendation letters, and then the third person of my um, committee for my thesis defense, my yeah. the third person was the head of the grad school. So I had just seen these people like Monday of that week to defend my thesis and my thesis was awesome. It was really, really successful. And then Thursday of that same week, I sent in my, uh, rescinding my acceptance and it was really dramatic and silly, but, um, I have never felt lighter. Um, there's a lot of therapy involved Uh, behind the scenes. (laughs) Immediate like relief after that week. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so now I'm just sort of balancing the feeling of like, I'm also not planning right now, at least, on going back to work for some time, um, right. unless I can find um, 
unless I can find remote work, which there is a ton of it right now. Um, Unless I can find remote work, um, I'm not planning on working right now. I have a ton saved. Mm -hmm. And um, the main goal right now, my job right now is therapy. Like my job right now is being in therapy. And um, I found an awesome therapist. I met with her four times. And um, she's just freaking fantastic. We do Zoom. Um, she literally sometimes zooms me from like her kid's bed because it's like the best place that has like internet. Um, and it's where she can like close the door and like be alone. She'll like sit on like she, I think she's in like a bunk bed. It almost looks like she's sitting on the <laughs> bottom bunk of a bunk bed when she um, when her and I talk. Yeah. And it's wicked funny. But um, she's been awesome. Zach, because we we live in a one bedroom, so um, he either like naps in our bedroom while I uh, am on therapy and I sit on the couch, or he went and did groceries this week. He, like, yeah. walked in while I was, like, crying on Zoom. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, well, because, like, right after, um, I do a, like, early morning work shift. I start working around 5 a.m. Yeah. So, like, I'm done around 1 p.m. Yeah. So, like. And I have therapy at, like, 2. Yeah. So, like, when she's in therapy, I'll just, like, be like, okay, I'm going to go nap because I've been working for nine hours now. <laughs> yeah. He, he knocks. Um, no, and it's just been awesome. We, um, it's definitely been, like, a heavy couple weeks, obviously. Yeah. Um. We are very much in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. We, um, if, if you're not on our Instagram, um, and I think that's pretty clear if you're on my, uh, if you're visiting us on Instagram or following us on Instagram, that um, we are in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And I have been collecting as many resources as I can. Um, and I've also just been really purging like my social media um, for, this was sort of, um, towards, like, the beginning of my, um, therapy experience, I was realizing that I was, for the first time in a long time, I had more, I was following more people on Instagram than were following me, and when you look at, like, social media, or, like, proper social media, or, like, what you want, or, like, the ideal expectation of social media, that's the opposite, you know, you want more followers. It's all about followers and numbers and all that stuff. And Zach doesn't really care about this stuff. Zach isn't, like, a big social media person. Um, he kind of, like, just lives on, like, Reddit and scrolling through the news <laughs> and stuff. And um, every once in a while he posts, like, Facebook or something. That's, what that's like, your MO. Maybe. Um, uh, I removed... I, like, removing, like, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook from my, like, phone's homepage has, like, made me never go into the app ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been, like, good yeah. and, like, bad, but, like, every once in a while, I'll, like, think of it and, like, reopen You'll Facebook check. every month. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, nothing's happening, cool. Um, <laughs> balancing social media right now is pretty heavy just because yeah. I, I have nothing else to do. And when the pandemic started, I think I mentioned this in the podcast before, I deleted Twitter, like two or three times and then re- I would re-upload it for like one funny tweet or like something stupid or to see if like Lauren and Rosie sent me something I would re-upload it mm-hmm. but um between now with the pro when when the protest started with George Floyd's death um I sort of like made it a part-time not a job because I wouldn't say I was doing I wasn't necessarily creating anything right. um my role or the way I saw my role was to amplify the other things that were happening. Right, right. Um, especially with some of the protests in, um, I remember one night my friend was with like a little network of people. Can I say this? Um, live tweeting, um, stuff from the police yeah. scanners. Yeah. That's legal. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I can say that. Police scanners are public. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were, yeah. There was like a couple times we watched like, like, we were, like, on Zoom together or something. We would, like, watch, like, Facebook streams. Yeah. And, like, like watch, like, Twitter threads and stuff, like, update on, like, what we were seeing on different streams. Um, just, like, help anybody that may have not have known whatever information might yeah. have been out there. And it was really, um, it was really helpful, at least with what I was helping with the Boston one. Because that was really before, that was a little bit earlier. So it was before people had a super organized understanding a little bit, or at least maybe I just didn't have like a very organized understanding of um, what you could do from social media, right. and that was a huge moment of like, wow, like because people were like, people were like responding on Twitter and stuff like that because I didn't have Twitter when actually I can't even remember how old I was when Ferguson when the Ferguson riots were happening. Um, it was like the it was like the beginning of college, I yeah. think. Um, it was when I didn't have Twitter, so I never really understood 
the use of social media in protest mm-hmm. um, and how useful it is, um, especially now during a pandemic. So right, there are so right. many people that can't be on the ground or choose not to be on the ground for whatever their own responsibilities are. Um, well, I mean, I mean, also, like, my point of view towards social media, just, like, I would, I would think, like, probably, like, my January, February self of this year would be, like, never trust, never really trust what people post on social media, but now, like, it's kind of flipped in the last yeah. few months, like, you can really only trust what you would see from other people on social media because a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation from whatever corporately owned, um, like, news programs or yeah. anything like that. So a lot of, like, you have to, like, really sort of just, like, obviously everything you read has to be, like, checked, double-checked, research, check. everything. Yeah. But, like, also it's just, like, I find myself finding a lot more reliable information from other people I know who mm-hmm. also I know are knowledgeable or, or are able to do fact-checking um, while also, like, looking up the old respective information. But, yeah. like, a lot of the time I'll see conflicting information between a news, like a CNN or Fox or whatever news report, then, like, someone else posts on Twitter saying, oh, this is what actually happened. And, like, their yeah. account of their first-hand account while at a protest or yeah. at a rally or whatever. Um, and, like, so, like, now, like, yeah, social media is way more important than I feel like it would have been. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like everyone, or at least if you're if you're doing right, I guess, Yeah. my, at least I can only, I can only speak for my personal um I can only speak from my personal experience. My relationship with my social media has changed immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it changed a lot when the pandemic first started, just because I realized that there are certain things that are so out of my hands that I was like, I don't need to be processing this much trauma at once. Yeah. That's sort of um, and that's been a that's been like a debate a lot around social media for a long time. It's like you're never you've never been exposed to that many viewpoints and that much trauma um other people's trauma just like sharing um you've never been exposed to it at that at such a volume mm-hmm. um but now um there's so much more responsibility in it and i'm at least and that's that's the role that i've taken on because i really still am trying to be as present as possible in terms of sharing information fact-checking, educating myself, put, putting up things that I find um, that I find useful, um, especially on my Instagram stories, my personal account. I put up a lot on my Instagram stories. Um, but there's also been learning to balance it privately, too, um, because I, don't, I didn't just want it to be something that I was putting out on social media, um, which the link tree really helped me do that because it really helped me um, feel like, like now, like, uh, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you'll see that I do the bail fund Sundays or the Sunday fun days, um, where I post about either bail funds, um, GoFundMes, any donation opportunity that, um, is out there that I find, I research it on the weekends and then I post it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a cool way of like starting your week with action. Um, there's also some cool things that you can sign up for, like the color of change every... They'll send you, like, newsletters with petition, with active petitions that need um, signatures and stuff like that. And um, that was a really helpful thing to, like, add to my routine. Um, because it... Whereas during... When the pandemic started, I felt like it was so out of my hands and everything was so, yeah. like, helpless. Whereas now, I am so much more observing the tangible changes that you can make. Mm. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit too with like, just like being conscious of like what you consume and why you're consuming it. Mm. Um, it's one of the main reasons I didn't go to grad school. It's a huge reason I didn't go to grad school because I wanted to, um, for anyone who doesn't know, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm a psychology major or I've, I, now I'm, a, I'm not a psychologist. I have a psychology degree. You, you're a psychology bachelorette. No. What's Baccalaureate. The there we go. Bachelorette. Bachelorette. I'm sorry. <laughs> Words are hard. Um, that was so funny. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I've graduated with a psychology degree and with a mental health certificate. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really big in terms of, like, my... No matter what career I get, I am going to influence someone. Um, and I'm going to come across... Um, people that are very different than me and people that have lived completely different life experiences. 
And my getting my master's was very important to me because I need my licensing and everything like that. And I realized that one, my university, at least the, um, UMass Dartmouth, I don't, their COVID plan is very up in the air. Um, but when I was making the decision to leave, um, it, the plan for the graduate program was, it was full steam ahead in person classes. Um, and that did not fly with me. <laughs> um, especially just the tone. I, mean, I don't blame anyone because emails, emails come across so stress, like emails can come across so dry and stressful. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just had to make the decision to be the best version of myself in the best environment possible when I started my education. At least with the UMass program, I was going to be dedicated to a a three straight year program. No fluidity, no flexibility, no moving. It was only going to be three straight years. And it was going to be very, it's very, very severe. And I just decided not to make that commitment. And now I can, now that I'm looking at like new programs and stuff and, and I might still end up back at UMass. I still like really want to keep a relationship with some of the professors that I had there just cause they were amazing and they, they offered me so many great opportunities. Um, but I realized that I needed to just take a step back and sort of focus on supplementing the education that I already have with maybe especially like anti-racism research because or resources at least because um I feel like so responsible in moving forward in my career to make sure that I am the best resource if I am someone's last option mm-hmm. um like finding a therapist is really hard and I understand that I come from white privilege I come from cis privilege I come from so many um other advantages um that came to me not necessarily of like my own volition just the way I exist in this world Mm -hmm. and how I identify in this world and um, I just wanted to make sure that I came into my career as knowledgeable about how I am biased against any group and um, if I can't find a program that's specifically an anti-racist education how can I make sure I am well supplemented before I go into my education? Um, so that's just been, that was a big driving force into why I quit grad school. Mm-hmm. And it's also a driving force into how I wanted to change the modality of the podcast. Um, a big reason I wanted to put, I, a main reason I wanted to get us on YouTube is so I could like share resources and mm-hmm. share the video and be in the comments section and stuff like that. Um, if anyone finds this and watches it, comment, I guess. <laughs> comment, like, subscribe, subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> uh, the imposter syndrome is wild right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, it's a driving force, and it's a driving force as to, like, how we're changing on Instagram, too, and showing up and being on Instagram and um, being interactive with some really awesome accounts. I have found amazing education accounts. Mm-hmm. Um of course, it's kind of like what you said. It's like the fact check everything. Um, Instagram has become a just like well of anti-racism knowledge and anti-racism education. Mm-hmm. But um, always fact check. Always look at like the sources on something. Always be conscious and also like read. I'm not, I'm awful at reading. I'm an yeah. awful reader. But Zach, I'm literally reading like two books right now. One is, I'm not, I haven't started the, I haven't started the second one, but the first one I'm reading is, um, how to be anti-racist. Um, I'll link that down below in the description. But um, I uh, am reading that on like an old Kindle paper, like whatever those are called, like the yeah. ones that have the no glare screen, the really old ones with a million buttons. That's what I'm reading off of right now because <laughs> I just want, I needed to find it and it was just like the easiest way to get it as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just trying to consciously consume on like every level level. Even, yeah. like, the way we, I don't know, like, we bought, like, sandy tabs and, like, more sustainable options for, like, cleaning and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, just trying to do the best in, like, your own respective space. Because, like, obviously, not everyone's privileged to be able to, like, afford, let's say, the refillable, like, detergents or, like, refillable soaps yeah. and stuff like that. Because, like, like, stuff like that stuff can be more expensive. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, but being able to like, within your own right, be able to like be responsible in what you do and what you consume is fine. Yeah, it's good. Switching brands too, like switching brands yeah. of like, um, there's sort of this like secondary push. I don't know if it was just my social media. I forget that not everyone's like on the same internet. Mm-hmm. It's like we're all, we're all using the internet, but we're not all on the same internet. Right. Um, but we um, started having conversations about, or like there was also this secondary like push alongside the Black Lives Matter movement of like looking at what brands use slave labor and mm-hmm. looking at what brands maybe could be making better decisions ethically. Um, sustainability wise and all of that jazz and we um, just started like really looking into that more and being really responsible it's really cut down on like my internet shopping Yeah, I've realized it's much harder to like because you have to do like so much research now especially um, if you're trying to buy black owned too right. um, because that was a secondary initiative that I wanted to start in my personal life is um, buying black owned Um one, so many of those businesses are now sold out and still right. sold out, like, right. weeks later. Right. Um, which is just, it's, it's good to see, but it's also, like, you hope that people aren't being, like, influenced right. to believe that black-owned businesses or other small businesses, like, aren't as, um, they're obviously not as, like, quick. We're obsessed right. with... Right, you, you can't buy... You know, you can't have a thousand or ten thousand people buy candles from the same small business. Exactly. Versus like Yankee Candle. Yes, exactly. But like, you rather support an individual and support like a yeah. multi like giant corporation. Yeah. Um, or yeah. so America's like so obsessed with um, what's it called like immediate gratification. Yeah. Um, and you want to be able switching. to push a button and then have all your items delivered the next day. Literally, I think yeah. Amazon Prime ruined our brains. <laughs> Amazon <laughs> Prime ruined our <laughs> brains. And that's, and I've still purchased like one or a couple of items from Amazon in the past couple of months just for like, just for like that crappy instant gratification or like it's the only place you can find it because there is just. Well, it's like one of those things where you're like, even like we were trying to find, um, right now in our bedroom, we have like three or four of those like cheap, like (laughs) clear plastic drawers for like all of our clothes and everything. So we were trying to look for a not super expensive dresser. And even to find like a not super expensive dresser, we had to like, I mean, find out it was going to be like less than $500. Um, and like the only one we found that like would look nice and like kind of work without like all, us like spending like a week of salary um, was like from Ikea. Like there's not like, yeah. there's no other little options. So you have to go to like a big box or like for like still some yeah. stuff. Um, and you have to pay, and we're also in a super privileged space right now where we can pay for like the huge shipping on furniture right exactly like because of pandemic unemployment assistance and all these we got some grants from school too and we got some like individual like Mm -hmm. business grants and stuff like that we got really really lucky um in terms of what we um qualified for in terms of this like pandemic assistance right and um we really wouldn't be able to like be in that comfortable of a situation and pay the shipping on things i mean we probably wouldn't even have like this apartment if I didn't get a job when I did. Yeah. Like, that's also, that's even, like, a huge privilege that you somehow managed to land a job in the right, middle of a pandemic. Right, I was able to land a cushy work-from-home job yeah. in the middle of, like... Well, because I also, like... It was weird, because in the midst of, like... Um, for how many people know me, um, I work in the event industry. Um, I do a lot of theater, lighting design, and stage management and stuff. And, obviously, that entire sector of jobs and work is like completely shut down even mm-hmm. into next year um so a lot of like my friends and like my, my people i worked with um no one has jobs at yeah. the moment no one's earning any money no one's especially if it was their degree done. i think one of my one of my one of my friends chris like just worked a like live stream event for like the first time like a couple yeah, weeks yeah. or a couple months um and like yes yeah, so like i i haven't heard all of like the jobs i was supposed to work this summer were all gone yeah. so i like lost a whole bunch of like prospective revenue and then suddenly I was able to, like, turn around and, like, luckily find, like, a single job that was, like, magically popped up on, on yeah. Indeed. Um, and, like, so, yeah, so that's, like, super, that's also, like, a thing I'm trying to be wary of, like, my privilege as, like, just, like, a, a some random kid who just finished college, um, like, graduated college, I'm able to, like, just pull out a job out of my ass. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, which got, is, you know, yeah. great. I'm, I'm happy for it. But they, no one, obviously, the other 45 million people who don't have jobs right now also aren't in that 
position to even be able to think like, oh, let's buy a nice new dresser for our bedroom. Yeah. Um, so like part of that, but like, so yeah, it's like trying to like be conscious of our decisions of trying to live, being excited about our, our first apartment together, like being excited about yeah. living together, like all that stuff, like still be being understanding of like, well, like putting into like a life into perspective, we have it like really good right now. Yeah. Do it. I have a place, have, be able to just buy furniture when we want and like do this. So blessed. Yeah. So blessed. If you believe in like blessings and any, any type of like religious or spiritual thing, it all feels very like cosmic. Very like this all happened in like a perfect succession. Um, So we're just very, very grateful and very, very conscious of just how like to enjoy this time, but Mm -hmm. also enjoy it responsibly. Um, We're not celebrating in like big crowds or like, and what, and we also, when I go off a little bit about like, if anyone follows me on like other social medias, when I go off about like, wear your masks and like, just freaking stay home and all this stuff. And um, I get so angry, but I also always come at it from a point of view of, like, I I hope that someone who is an essential worker, someone mm-hmm. who is, like, a waitress that had to, that literally needs to work and doesn't have, like, another option or a waiter that doesn't have another option, um, any, any person who is just working and out right now as a necessity... I don't blame those people. No, no, no. Because one, from the top down, the government should have done what they needed to do to right. keep us safe and cut down the pandemic. And but also businesses are making there's a lot of businesses who are still making decisions to like stay safe and only do carry out. There's plenty of businesses that are still only doing carry out mm-hmm. for safety. Um, but there's a lot of other businesses that pulled their stats back to do yep. Inside dining, which is insane, and it's just, I just urge everyone to, if you don't have to be out, don't be out. Right. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. We still do Instacart. We still, like, minimize our contact with so many people. Um, We sort of have a very tiny bubble that we did have, but now we don't really have because one of our new friends got a job where she has to go out, Mm -hmm. and she has to go be exposed. Um... And it's just a sad and scary time. It's one of the reasons, too, that we are no longer... This was also in the last podcast before hiatus. We are no longer rock climbing. Mm -hmm. Um, We had to actually... I don't know how they reopened. They reopened to full capacity? No, not full. So so our climbing gym that we went to, um, uh, they opened in, like whatever capacity they could. So they, so they had, like... Um, they have guidelines, right? Yeah, there's guidelines. So obviously you have to wear a mask. They do say you have to wear a mask yep. there. Um, be conscious, like, what you're touching. And, like, don't touch, like, hug, touch the people when you're there or whatever. Um, still six feet of space. Yeah, still doing spacing. So, like, we're forever been in a climbing before, um, like, on, like, a, a wall of different climbing route, uh, routes. Like, they have to have one route in between somebody. Yeah. So, if I'm, climbing, yeah. So if I'm climbing here, the, the person has a rope next to me. Someone else can climb there. They have to climb to the next one over. Yeah. Um, so, they're doing, like, safety guidelines. Um, I wonder if they allowed their... We didn't... Because we never went after. No. Um, I wonder if um, they kept their bouldering open. Because I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know. Because we our climbing gym on the outside, on the external walls, they had... Um, vertical top rope climbing Mm -hmm. but in the center they had like the center and the back wall partially they had um all bouldering which is if anyone doesn't know what bouldering is it's like short form like you only go like what like 10 feet in the air uh yeah i think it's 12 15 feet yeah and you start from the ground and it's it's a lot harder (laughs) it's a lot harder harder. it's more just a free form yeah whatever um but but it is sort of closer proximity right you're close proximity i mean anyways like in climbing anyways like you're touching you're touching a wall that many other people yeah. are touching like your, your shoes and everything and so like yeah, my face also always touched the wall yeah. sorry to interrupt you like i just think i think back to climbing and i think back to you just brace your body against your head to like grab yeah, yeah like there are so many times that like my face or my head would touch something or like your hand brushes against your face on the way up right there's just there's no way right and so like, no so like way. We, or i i also rented equipment 
Right. You oh, of shoes and my harness. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm coming in and I'm touching a bunch of stuff. Right. Kind of like a, it's kind of like a bowling alley. Like think of how nasty a bowling alley. Right. You're right all now. sitting on the same benches, like change, yeah. like, or you go into the bathroom to change or whatever. So like it's it's definitely not. Um, I yeah. Even with their even with safety guidelines, and I don't know exactly how much like they're doing. I'm sure they're. When we were there, they already were cleaning a bunch. So I'm yeah. sure they're cleaning more. And doing I am not bad mouthing them at all. No, I'm sure. They are, I'm sure they're. I think they're, they're a family-owned business. They are. They're like a one-location yeah. business. They are not a chain. And the owner there is one. He's awesome. Um, so I'm sure they're like they're doing as best they can. I'm sure they sort of like many other small one-owned businesses. Like they kind of had to open or lose it. Yeah. I just um, don't know how they did because I'm in Massachusetts. They, I thought gyms were in stage four. I thought it was like way back. Yeah, no, I was I wasn't really following how or like what phase stuff was yeah. in because I know I know like a lot of like the phases yeah. were super fluid and it was like kind of just making calls whenever it felt like places could just open up and like did it and like no one right, was there's like no, there's no enforcement yeah but yeah that's something that we like definitely we cancel like our memberships because it's not definitely not something we're going to yeah. go back to anytime soon nope. um, just because it's scary. it's not yeah it's just not worth it um, it's like sad as like we are like I'm I've been super bummed not to be able to go because it was like so fun as we were like yeah. wonder, it like, was we like were our, it was like our only form of exercise that we like right. enjoyed right. and like, like we didn't enjoy, have to like, force like, ourselves to do yeah so that kind of sucks but it's definitely I don't think it's there in terms of safety in safety or at least not no. it's not worth it for me to worry about like bathing myself in hand sanitizer as soon as I step yeah. off of like every single wall. Yeah. Um, even be worried Especially about, like, imagine how nasty your hands would get. Yeah, because oh. <laughs> yeah, so like even that, like even just like just making a paste. It's like because like I also think of like my car as like a safe space. So yeah. like so like every. Oh, I didn't even think of that. So like getting like you're like in your harness or whatever, like you're doing you're doing a lot of work. The clock running is not easy, like super easy. So like you're getting sweaty. You're, you are hyperventilating. It's like, like you are like getting worked out, and so like you go and you're going to your car. Like I'm gonna be sweaty after touching a wall that like 50 other people have touched that day. Like to me, that's so that's that's like gross. Like yeah. I don't want to touch it. Versus like like we've gone to like a, the local grocery store a few times, and like even then, like I make sure to like barely touch anything in the car before hand sanitizing yeah. every like my hands. My it's arms. like we get in, we hand sanitize. You wipe down my keys. Yeah, and then. Um, and then we take our masks off. Right. We don't touch our masks until we're until right. we've sanitized. So our we hands. don't touch our face or anything. Yeah. So it's so like that. But like then like, in order to like get even to get back to car, I have to touch my shoes to take them off. My climbing shoes to take them off. Yep. We have to touch our harnesses to take them off. And like so like even yes we can hand sanitize. It's still just like there's like a little more involved with that. It's too much. And it's just like a lot. Um. It's like that. That's like a really shitty thing. Yeah. That's been sad, but I just hope that. I don't even know. I don't even know what to hope for anymore because it's just like... Right. I mean, it's, it's it's a weird, like, time loop at the moment of just, like, there's not, like, very hopeful information. No. Other than, like... The, like, like the, what did Donald Trump just do? He, like, tried to send an executive order to, like, extend and, like, force, like, relief packages. Know, but yeah. it didn't... It wasn't effective or no. something like that. Well, I don't think he could. I mean, I think it was, like, blocked. He wasn't allowed to because yeah, it was... Allowed it was it, you can't... Everyone needs to, like, agree. It's... The president... As much as I appreciated... I was kind of nervous. I was like, oh, no. Is this going to, like, save him? I was like, is this going to, like, save this campaign? Um, I'm very... I'm very uneducated on what I'm talking about right now. So I'm sorry if I'm just, like, way off base. Mm -hmm. But um, I saw that... I just saw, like, the headlines of, like, executive order and whatever. And I was like, as much as I appreciate that effort, I'm... Like, I would rather... A bunch of like very educated and you know experienced Congress people mm-hmm. work to create the next wave of relief packages if we ever freaking see that day right. than some very confused and angry old racist just write an executive order in crayon and send it out <laughs> like he's just. Yeah, you, I'm not pulling punches with him. He's just an absolute no. But yeah, I don't exactly know like what that whole idea was. I know that there have been like talks of a second wave coming, which I'm just frustrated about because there were supposed to be talks three yeah. months ago before we ended the, the like hit the end of like the pandemic or and stuff like that. Just because a lot of that that old, the like six hundred dollars a week thing really that ended July twenty fifth. Yeah, it was yeah. last week of July. That was like a lot of like how there was, like, no, in, there was no action for that before the end of it, just because, like, 
I know, I personally know a lot of people who, like, work in the event industry or food industry or whatever that, like, like that was their only source of being able to, like, pay for their apartment or yeah. pay for their housing yep. or their car or, like, to do anything with. Um, because there's no... I've seen... I, I've personally seen a lot of stuff. I don't know much if you've seen it. I've seen, like, a lot of, like, right like now, like, last month or so, like, pushback of, like, people being like, oh, why don't you just go get a job again? Which, like... Yes, I understand that maybe some states or cities or whatever might have openings for new positions or um, do or whatever. But like, it's also a lot of there's a lot of a lot of people who also can't get work from home jobs for whatever reason. But also, there's been you might not be able to pay for your internet bill. We I pay we pay like seventy five bucks a month here. If that's if it's seventy five bucks a month for me to pay for internet and our security camera versus me buying food for the month. Yeah. Like, I can't, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to have internet. And so we also like, don't have kids. Right, we also don't, we don't have kids. We don't have a pet. <laughs> our, our main expenses are food, food. and Netflix. Um, <laughs> we don't really do, yeah. So like food it's not, subscriptions, yeah. And even our food is, we probably spend too much money on food already, but, like, even even though we mostly buy, we have, like, the privilege of buying over buy snacks whenever the hell we want. And, like, so, like, our food expense is also, like, not the same expense, like, someone would pay for if you were in a family or if you actually had to stick to some sort of schedule of food. Um so it's like so it's like really crappy to like not it's like a really bad point of view for like the government not to be able to be like we're gonna have a plan for people it's like we're just gonna let the money run out they're gonna have to figure it out and then they're gonna get yelled at by and it's like oh if we give I can't stand the argument of oh if we give people more they're never gonna go back to work and it's like they can't go back to work. Right. There's no a there's either no job to go back to or there's no way that they can or they should or they should just be expected to go get COVID. It's right, the same right. thing with like sending all the kids back to school. And that's and that's more complicated too because of childcare right. and parents like again in the United States childcare is not a guarantee. It's very, very expensive. Right. Um there's also probably a ton of kids that like wouldn't do well in a daycare. I never went to any type of daycare when I was a kid. I mm-hmm. went to kindergarten. And, I, and then, like, I had, I, w- I was privileged enough to have family that could babysit me mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I didn't have, I didn't have to go to, like, a preschool or anything like that. Um, but we just, it's just insane. The, like, the just deal with it. Yeah. The, I, you, like, attitude of, like, oh, they'll, they'll figure it out. Like, it sh- let the working it shouldn't It shouldn't be a difference between, like, giving someone enough money to be able to live at all versus let them get a serious illness and potentially die from it just so that they can earn minimum wage yeah. in a state that only pays them $9 an hour. Yeah. Don't even get me started on minimum wage. Yeah. Don't even get me started on minimum wage. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are at 40-something minutes. Don't even get me started. So, yeah. Uh. So, it's like, true. And that, I mean, just, like, put on that. as like, it's, it's not enough to not have a job versus, like, getting a job that pays a livable wage and that livable wage livable isn't already wage. livable. If you're only listening, we're putting quotations around li- livable wage. Yeah. Because there's, there's, it's, yeah, it's such a shitty term. But it's, it's yeah. like, it's not, yeah, even like, even in, like, extra expenses that, like, if you have to go out and work, like, out, like outside of your home, is like, you have to be able to buy masks or clean masks, like, clean yep. cloth masks regularly. You have to be able to buy hand sanitizer or alcohol or something to, like, clean your hands or at home with. You have to be able to buy extra soap or extra cleaning supplies or extra wipes, which, like, isn't that much money but like if you if you are like which we we have like we bought like a pack of wipes maybe two or three months ago that or like two two months ago that like isn't it's not even a halfway it's like we don't go anywhere we don't go anywhere yeah we don't use those wipes every other week maybe like the clean stuff we buy or like clean like our apartment if like we had a plumber come by because we had to like change out uh, like our dishwashers like then like we deep cleaned our our kitchen so it's like that like so like the extra expense if you go out a lot more because you have to work, because, like, you're going to be racking up another 50, 60 bucks yeah. a month just trying to clean your just place so you don't get sick. It's just, if you are an essential worker or you some, you are someone that has to go out right now, we commend you mm-hmm. and appreciate you, and I cannot even begin to imagine the frustration you must feel that there are so many people that think this is fake or think that they're not going to get it or think that they are somehow just going to recover miraculously when even the recovery process is awful. And it's so frustrating, too, on, like, a family level. I think you have family that's been, like, taking it really, really seriously. Yeah, I, yeah, I have some family who isn't taking it as seriously. Mm-hmm. 
And I've, we've had a couple COVID scares. I had one family member actually uh, contract it. She's an ER nurse. Um, she's an ER nurse who was then moved to a COVID unit. Mm-hmm. So she got it, but she um, at least has recovered enough to go back to work. In some places, this is actually kind of scary, but um, at least in her case, um, for nurses, you don't necessarily need to test negative. You just need to be asymptomatic mm-hmm. because once you're covered in PPE, um, is it PPE? Yeah. Once you're once you're uh, covered in PPE and you're not sne- and if you're asymptomatic, you're not sneezing and coughing. Um, you are in some capacity okay to work at least with certain like regulations and obviously right. being careful. Um, don't hold me to that if that's not like a practice in other hospitals or something like that. I just know that that's the case that happened with her. But um, I have another family member who has not been taking it super carefully, and we had a we had to get a test because there were some symptoms. Came back negative. They're all recovered and fine. Um, but it's such a complicated feeling yeah. of fear and like sadness because your family like member might be sick. Yeah. But then there's also a feeling of frustration because. Right. At this point, in at least, there's something that everyone can do to um, prevent it. There's something right. everyone can do to try to prevent it. Right. There, that's not to invalidate people who have done everything they can freaking do, and they still contract it, unfortunately. I've read, um, that's sort of another thing of social media now, because information on the, on the pandemic is so mixed. Um, individual... Um, every time I come up across someone's individual experience with COVID, yeah. I retweet it right. because it's so much more informational. Right. It's just knowing either the weird, weird, different symptoms that no one shares, um, just the very strange like presentation of the disease, um, and the people, and just knowing that there are people who do their damnedest and still end up with it, and that's sort of that's the most reason to just like. Get down and stay down. Yeah. And and that's how at least my approach to a lot of this has been is just like take the L, stop fighting against like just what reality is right now. Right. And reality is like is it worth is it is it really worth you fighting about if you don't believe in like for some stupid fucking reason if you don't believe that COVID exists for whatever reason <laughs> um because you just don't have a single brain cell. Uh, oh, what's the argument? Like, Go what's off. the purpose of that? <laughs> yeah. Like, is it really encroaching on your right to whatever the fuck you think your right is if someone else would like you to wear a mask in their private business? Yeah. Or, like, if, like, you're going to go outside to wear a mask, like, within six feet of somebody. Like, yeah. it's... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I saw a, um... I saw a tweet. I wish I could remember who tweeted it, but it was just so perfect. It was something along the lines of, Dumb people believe in conspiracy theories so they can feel like they know more than everyone else. Yeah. It, it, makes, it makes people feel more comforted. It makes people feel safer. I think it does sort of make people feel, feel like, superior. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying this about, like, all conspiracy theories, like, across the board. I think some are, like, kind of fun. Like, everyone's, like, falling down a rabbit hole on YouTube about conspiracy theories. Right. But I'm talking about this one in particular that has very real health ramifications for people. Right. And you thinking... This is one instance where you think that something is a conspiracy can very, very directly lead to someone contracting a deadly illness and dying a horrible, horrible death. Right. Um, and that's just why it's a little bit more... I'm trying, like, I'm always trying not to come off aggressive in, like, the way I discuss things, but you you put it in words in terms of, like, you and your single brain cell can wear a mask in a Costco if you absolutely have to go out. Right. Um, And it's just... (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) This is not where I wanted this podcast to go. (laughs) Uh, That's not where I wanted this to go today, but that's okay. But we just... I... I approach, I try to approach every situation with love mm-hmm. and, like, with um, compassion for people. Mm-hmm. And the only angle I can approach it with is just encouraging people to have love for others mm-hmm. and encourage people to have empathy for others and exercise some type of empathy. Um, if wearing a mask, this is sort of, this is like a thing that kind of reminds me of my parents sometimes. Just doing the good thing. Because doing the bad thing makes you look like a dick. 
<laughs> so if you don't really think that masks do anything, but you know if you go to the grocery store and bitch about not wearing a mask, you're going to end up on a video that goes viral on Twitter. <laughs> if, if wearing a mask makes it so you do not look like a dick and that is the reason you wear it, that is enough social pressure mm-hmm. and to make you do the good thing. Right. Um, if you, I don't know, just like if you realize that if you make the good decision at the end of the day, it doesn't matter why you're making the good decision, really. Right. At least in this, in this scenario. In this scenario. It matters that you're making the decision because ultimately the decision is going to decrease the spread of a deadly pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's sponsored today. <laughs> We're sponsored by wearing your fucking masks. Wear mask. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by wearing your fucking masks. Um, so, yeah. That is where we're at right now. That's how we are living, laughing, and loving right now. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the new desk. Um, half of our living room is an office space. This is so Josie's desk right here. This is the new Josie's desk. Um, we are so excited to be back. We are not sure exactly on the frequency, when, whether it will be weekly, bi-weekly, whenever we feel like it. Um, whether or not it's always going to be the two of us or just me sometimes because it is my desk and I'm the boss. I'm the president of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, follow us on Instagram. Check out the link tree um, down below. Check out any other resources down below in the description. We may come out with maybe a couple other videos. We have some of our old podcasts filmed in Zoom form, like I said before. Mm-hmm. May upload, try and find and upload those if we feel like it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Come check us out on Instagram. I'm always posting stuff about um, anti-racism resources, GoFundMes, all types of petitions and stuff like that. But I'm also there doing funny song battles, taking your song um, recommendations or your movie recommendations. If you are someone who sent me a song recommendation, I know at least two of you did, and I definitely forgot about it until this second. Mm-hmm. You will be on the next podcast, and I love you, and thank you for participating on my Instagram <laughs> page. I'm garbage. Um, but yeah, thank you guys, and we will see you soon. Bye.